Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. They'll take it. Quick toss far side. Caught by Tate. Take it down at the two-yard line. What a play by Penn State. Jalen Reed. Ellie Thompson in the end zone. Runs to his right. Kicks it out of there. Ballard will let it hit at the 50. And it hit an Ohio State player. It hit Fleming. Penn State recovers at the 48-yard line. Penn State recovers. It hit off his foot, and they got it. And the Nittany Lions get a big break here with 44 seconds to go in the third. 37 seconds left. Second and goal at the eight near hash. Back goes Aller. Trouble. Rolls right. Gets away. Looks in the end zone. Tries to find help. Fires in the end zone. Saunders is there. And he has got it. Touchdown, Penn State. Takes the knee and that does it. Ohio State defeats the Nittany Lions 20-12. to Hard one, no question. Very, very difficult. Any game like that is going to bring with it questions. And you may have your questions. We're going to talk to Mark Wogenrich at 115, but more than happy to take any of your questions about it. More than happy to do that. Uh, As always, your questions are part of the show and if you have questions you have questions i got it it was just a very difficult game in so many ways games like this i'll go back to what i have talked i talked about last week and it it played again a role in this game so we'll start we'll start with two components number one which team had the best player in the field, and we and we knew going into the game, no matter what the deal is, Penn State has a lot of terrific players, Ohio State has a lot of terrific players, but Marvin Harrison's the best player in the field. Guess what? He's the best player in the field in every game he plays in. When Ohio State played Georgia last year, no offense to all the Eagle fans, Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith and everybody, right? Okay, guess what? The best player in the field was Marvin Harrison, not them. I know it's hard for you to believe, Matt. You're so locked in on. I do agree with that, though. But yes. the end, when he got hurt at the end of the third quarter, that changed the game. Absolutely. If he had stayed in, and it's only an opinion, it's conjecture, I think Ohio State, I think, wins the game if he plays the fourth quarter. Georgia can't handle him. That's because he's the kind of outstanding player that is very difficult to control the entire day. Tremendous. So now that aside, because McCord, I walked into the building thinking McCord was a good quarterback. Not poor, not mediocre, not very good, and not great. Good. You want to know what I walked out of the building thinking about McCord on Saturday, Matt, and feel today? That he's good. I did not get a higher opinion of him watching him play the game. 
Also agreed. Uh, because Marvin Harrison makes him really good. And of the 35 passes he threw, 16 were to him. But there were two key sequences in the game. This goes back to the point I made last. We're going to talk to Mark in a moment, so I'll get more in depth on this. All right. I've always said that the difference between Penn State and Ohio State is they've been able to find that one play in the first half and one play in the second half. Well, in this case, they found the one key sequence in the first half and the one key sequence in the second half. They won both of them. One was the Jacobs fumble and Curtis running it back for an apparent touchdown, being called back because of the holding penalty in the secondary. I did not see the holding penalty, and I did not see it until halftime of the Utah-USC game because I will, just to be honest with you, the feed we had in the booth was not the Fox feed. We had the scoreboard feed, and they never showed the replay of any of it. I never showed the replay of the fumble, never showed the replay of the run back, never showed the replay of the holding penalty. So I saw none of that till I got home at night. Okay. And that's because of the feed that we had in the booth. We had the scoreboard feed. So, you know, when they were, they were trying to figure out what the penalty was on the field, they were showing commercials of coming attractions at Ohio State. I'm looking at the booth, so that doesn't help. Uh, and then they went and took advantage and scored on the Mayan Williams touchdown. The other key was, you heard the, they get the goal line stand, take over, the third down pass play to Singleton goes just behind him, and he can't reel it in, so they don't get the first down, they have to punt, but the punt goes off Fleming's foot, Tyler Elston recovers, Penn State takes over, and then that was the point where they decided to go forward on fourth down and not punt. And didn't get it, and Ohio State then put together a drive and put together the last touchdown, the pass to Harrison, that gave them the margin to win. Those are the two big sequences in a game that tight that is so well defended by both teams. Penn State's defense, great. Penn State special teams, terrific, with one exception. It was the, the one punt that hit the ground and ended up being 72 yards. And the offense went one for 16 on third down. It's just it's almost impossible to win when you're one for 16 on third down. Ohio State was 6 of 16, 37.5%. All right. I mean, that's good. That's functional. That's workable. But So you may have questions. I'm more than happy to take them. Mark Wogenrich, though, next here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market 
it and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Okay, so let's uh, get to Mark Wogenrich. SI.com does a great job. Mark, great to see you on Saturday. Thanks so much for your time today. Absolutely, Steve. It was good seeing you up there. Uh, I said earlier, and I want to see what you think about this, and you can tell me I'm all wet. I've always felt like in the last few years it's been either Ohio State making one key play each half or winning one each sequ- winning a sequence each half. And I felt on Saturday they won one sequence each half, and that was the fumble that wasn't a fumble, touchdown, and then the, the after the fourth down, the drive that they did that essentially got them to 20. How did you view that? Yeah, I could see that a lot of them, in some ways, a lot of them have been fourth quarters. Um, and his, you know, historically, so that's kind of maybe the frame of reference we would have. But those two instances, they did win those instances. But I also think they they stretched some of their wins yeah. um, against Penn State in other ways too. Um, you get a win in uh, when you back them up uh, a three and out inside the you know inside the ten yard line. You get the muffed punt, and then get another win there. I think yep. eventually that to me was a was a big stretch. And getting, to, you know, I always thought I, I thought maybe there was a psychological win too in getting Penn State into thinking into in, you know believing that the fourth and four going forward and fourth and four kind of midway through that fourth quarter was um, a do or die time. Yeah, and I. I that in in the sense that maybe they were just, I don't know I you know James Franklin the way he explained it afterward is he felt like he had to be aggressive because they didn't know if they were going to get the ball back I don't know if that was a function of just you know seeing Marvin Harrison getting get catching another couple of passes on that series because they hadn't run but maybe that was a psychological impact too um, that that got them I, I think maybe sped their heart rate in that situation and, and went for it instead of taking the you know instead of uh, punting. They're on fourth down, felt like there were four minutes left. But yeah, I mean, those two, the two sequences that you mentioned, um, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were two and zero in that situation. There's no doubt. What was your thought watching the, the game play out in real time? You know, what were some of the thoughts that ran through your mind in real time seeing this? Yeah. Defenses are every bit as good as we thought they would be. There was not a lot of there was just not a lot of room to do much of anything outside really of Marvin Harrison, who was better than I even thought. I hadn't watched a lot of Ohio State to be honest with you, this year seeing clips. You know, clips are different than seeing him from a field level like that. And I think they I, I forget what the target rate was. I mean uh, six, he had targets, six, I think. He had 35 pass attempts, 16 were targeted 16 to, to Harrison, yeah. he made 11. Yep. Right. And I, I think there were a couple of times, too, that you would just see him, you'd see Marvin Harrison free, and he wasn't even targeted on those plays that Comicord went somewhere else, didn't see him 
whatever. Marvin Harrison and the, the play you talked about, the fumble. I mean, Marvin Harrison was instrumental in that one too, and in, in being helped on that yeah. play. He was, you know, watching him from above is is very different. And uh, you know, there were a couple of plays that I actually did just went, "What's he doing? That is, what's he doing? That is so different than other receivers uh, that I've seen." And his movements, you know, the way he glide, cut in and out of routes, it just looked like he had Penn State. Um, the secondary kind of just trying to hang on. Uh, that really, really stuck out to me. The other thing that stuck out to me, I thought Penn State secondary, I mean, you could say all that about Marvin Harrison, still did just a, a really good job, kind of, I thought, across the board with Johnny Dixon, Daquan Hardy. They, I mean, they made some plays. Zachy Wheatley and Jalen Reed on the, you know, on the goal line stand. Those guys, you know, they put, I think they put Penn State's offense in as good a position in the best possible position to win that game and um they just they didn't get rewarded for it i also thought their special teams did the job except for the one punt that hit the ground that penn state special teams were very good on saturday yeah and daquan hardy was asked about that after the game it was it was a wind issue it's kind of what you might have thought and but that in games like that that those are going to really matter but i one of my players to watch going into this game was Alex Falcon. I mean, he had, you know, hadn't yeah. kicked in Beaver Stadium, but hadn't come in and kicked really um, in, in a real, I think, uh, this kind of road environment, but he'd been really good on the road. And, you know, he had 240 yards. Uh, that's the other thing with me. I thought Raleigh Thompson was good good enough in that game that you could I thought you could have used him in that situation, in punting in that situation, make that play. And, that, you know, Tyler Ellison on the ball um, to get those things. That was that was very much a two-phase game, as, as much as coaches love to say complimentary yeah. football. Um, yeah. they, got, they got the complimentary football oh, for the most part from two of their phases. Because, you know, it's interesting about the two punters. You know what the two of them have in common? Besides, you know, the rugby style and so forth, yeah. neither one of them has a touchback this season on punt. All right, so you would feel good that you can get the ball with either punter inside the 10, 15 yard line because yeah. neither one of them has had a touchback this year. Yeah, yeah, especially from he would have been punting, you know, inside of midfield kind of things. It was something that he could have definitely got that at least inside, you know, the the twenty. I think comfortably that you could have felt that. And with again with seven and a half minutes to go, I would have taken my chance on the defense. Yeah. Uh, and and what was what did James say about that? Because it turned out, here's the irony of all ironies: the cord that attaches the headset stuff in the locker room for us, it was it ran under a door and somebody opened the door and it knocked the plug out. It's <laughs> like great. So didn't we didn't hear the, the post game. <laughs> so well, so no, was we didn't get Jack and I didn't get a chance to talk to him, and they didn't realize okay. it until they actually went back and found it, and they found it laying on the floor. Oh, uh, I mean, of all, I mean, it's it's just stuff like that happens. And they, that, you don't get worried. You know, it, it just happens. So yeah. when it was, what what did he say about it when he was asked about it? Yeah, he just said. Um... You might not at that point. He felt like you might not get the ball back. That, I mean, yeah. I think that was pretty much word for word. You may, we may not get the ball back. Um, we needed to be aggressive. And at that point, I don't remember what the exact third down number was at, in that situation. I mean, I, you know, it was over fifteen at one point. And on, you know, 
I think their yardage, I remember looking on the set sheet, their yardage of third and, and short, um, they weren't getting any like real substantial yardage at all, even on third and short kind of plays. They were not moving anywhere. They didn't complete passes on, on those third and short attempts. That was essentially, I mean, it was a fourth, this was a third and four, you know, now on fourth and four. That was, I, I thought, that was a really, really tough moment to put that offense that yeah. you're, if they're feeling like this is desperate um, to go for it at this point, and they had been kind of straining already, I might have given them one more reset. Yeah. Uh, is it too early because it's game seven and there's still more football to play to now like put Penn State into a box as to what they are and what they aren't? Or was this game enough to tell people what they are and what they aren't? I think there, I think there's some of that. I, I mean, we knew defensively they were as good defensively as we thought they were going to be. I mean, I think I, I predicted them to win. I picked them to win, and I think it was my score was going to be something like twenty to seventeen. I thought you know scoring twenty points would you know would have been enough, and it almost really kind of was. Right, uh, you know, right. that late touchdown. Right. Um, I think was just against a you know a flailing defense. The thing I, I'm curious about offensively is where they were. Is that identity that we'd heard a lot about that they they're comfortable being the time of possession offense. They're comfortable with a quarterback who can make checks and see the field and not take the chances. I don't know that we. I think we saw or we missed some of that. Like I don't remember seeing the T formation offense anywhere, especially in their short yardage. Right. I thought the trick plays, I didn't feel like that they were necessary. I felt they felt a little bit forced, too. I understand that you're trying to take swings and, and do something different, do something that the opponent hasn't seen. Right. But they – and, again, those were all hindsight because they didn't work. If they work, they're great. Right. Um, but I, the the one – taking the ball out of Drew's hands, especially after the, the muffed punt – I felt like if you're going to take the swing there, take it with Drew. Take it with your best player, your quarterback throwing to your best player instead of having maybe your best offensive threat throwing the ball. Uh, that was where a little bit I think they got out of some of the identity that we had seen about being comfortable in your own skin. It seemed to me like they left that a little bit at, at the door and got um, – Desperate might be too strong a word, but they got antsy. It just felt like they got a little uh, anxious in some situations. Because it's interesting because Ohio State, whenever they brought Xavier Johnson in the game, I pointed out in the broadcast, uh, I said, you watch the tapes. Whenever they bring him in, the possibility is there of jet sweep as their trick play, uh-huh. and they did it three times. Right. Yeah, right. And so it's not and like they and did, Penn, they did, and yeah, yeah. And, and they brought in Devin Brown too. So yeah, and uh, and Penn State blew up all the plays. They brought yep. up Devin Brown at the goal line. We you know, and we pointed out it's quarterback draw time. That's what they like to do with him. Mm-hmm. Penn State blew up all five plays. So both teams, both defenses were so well prepared. Mark, that's what gets me about it. Like both defenses really had a handle on the other guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No question. One guy just happened to have Marvin Harrison. Um, yeah. And I still Pretty good think, guy. You know, he's phenomenal. I still think Nicholas Singleton could be. Yes. He could have been maybe that player in this game, especially when he kind of got loose in the beginning. And then he just, you know, for whatever reason, it'd be interesting to see after the fact, 
you know, maybe James Franklin will address it Tuesday, is where did where did Nicholas Singleton go? Because I think, you know, it was, what, 42 yards the yes. first series and six yep. carry six yards yep. after that. Um, you know, I know, I know games unfold in different ways, yep. but I felt like, okay, Nick's finally got his, you know, Nick had his feet early. And for whatever reason, it just didn't, you know, they got away from it. Yeah. Okay, so uh, one final question, and I appreciate the time today. Uh, and the, it is about this. There's been points in seasons, especially I remember pointing this out in 17 and in 19, where Penn State's having really good years. And I said they would get to November, but there was no signature game left that could vault them. Penn State still has that. Yeah. So is that what we have to wait and see? Is a how do they react this week, and then the three thirty game with Maryland the week after, and then obviously the game with is that when we really have like like the full evaluation about this thing because they still have that chance to vault. Yeah, no question. You can even bring up last year too, not having the signature. You know, that's right. After after Michigan too, as well. I mean, yeah, you you've got to come back. You fractured yourself. You come back and you win five games really strongly. The. the even before you get to Michigan, I'm just really curious about Maryland yes. because they've just had Maryland's number, um, for especially out down there. But you know, in this last couple of games, I'm going to discount 2020. They've right, had Maryland's number for several years, and Maryland almost had that. You know, the, the, was it the 19 game we went down there? And it was at night, and then Maryland's right. going to have a big. That was 59 nothing, I think it was. Yes. It was a it I, was a it was a blackout game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I wonder I wonder wonder where too where Maryland is going to be on that timeline as well. The two teams that Penn State might still be um might still be a you know, just a little calloused and sore from Ohio State and then keep you know thinking about the concept you know the exterior concept that you know, quite frankly we build up maybe to you know to the detriment but we build up the season into a two game season essentially right so if you're at Maryland going well we just got to get through this thing and then we have our chance at home next week right how do you really respond in that moment i you know it'd be interesting to see if they go just put together two really good games um, that's what that 16 team did. You know, they started put yes. after Minnesota, put in some, you know, two really good games and, and got themselves to Ohio State. That's so to me, there's I, I think there's two really important dates left. I think Maryland Agreed. is a real test. Uh, date no, no, I, I agree there. with you. It is yeah. a really important game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No question. Mark, it is always a pleasure. Thanks so much for taking the time for the analysis and, it, and as always thoughtful. Anytime. Thanks so much. Mark Wogenrich, SI.com. I know we ran over, um, which always disgusts Matt. He yells and screams at me. It's just awful. Uh, try to put up with the temper tantrums. Then he starts playing the music, and that tells me he's really mad. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always fully okay with going over time for Mark Wogenrich. Me too. All right, more coming up in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Market Street and Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Back here on the Steve Jones Show. Matt Catrillo here with you, Steve, in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, great selection of new and a really good selection of pre-owned inventory. Great service department with all the diagnostics, the inspections, all the routine maintenance. And they're still looking for some more of those awesome technicians check them out on sunburymotors.com for that all part of the sunbury motors guarantee when you've got the service department and a sales staff to back it all up all at sunbury motors fourth street in sunbury sunbury motors kia routes 11 and 15 hummels wharf and online at sunburymotors.com thanks to mark wogenrich si.com for joining us as i said to steve always will We'll make as much time as I can for Mark Wogenrich. 206, late edition today. Jay Paterno will join us at 206 to break down the loss to Ohio State. Neil Coolong tomorrow. And as usual, Tuesdays with Neil. And then we'll see what the rest, the rest of the uh, week brings. And tonight we've got the Phillies trying to get back to the World Series officially with... Game 6 at 5.07 tonight. You've got Merrill Kelly and Aaron Nola on the hill. Rangers-Astros Game 7 is tonight as well. Scherzer and Christian Javier. So a lot of good baseball coming up tonight too. Niners and Vikings for Monday Night Football tonight. Christian McCaffrey will play for the Niners tonight. So there's all of that there. But to get back to the conversation here about with Penn State, Ohio State. Steve mentioned Kyle McCord, how he learned that Kyle McCord was a good quarterback going in and didn't really do much to go one way or the other. And I agree. I don't think Kyle McCord was bad, but I don't think he did any made any plays to make me think otherwise about him, that he's better than what he was. I thought maybe after the game he had against Notre Dame he was starting to get in that direction where maybe he could become a very good quarterback. Matt, well, I haven't I, really I, seen I, it. By the way, Matt, I apologize. I apologize to the audience. During the news break, Jack called me, so I was, you know, I, I apologize. I was talking to him. So. No problem. That's on me. Just so everybody knows, that's on me. I wasn't trying to blow off. He doesn't want to talk to people after Saturday's game. He's just a disgusting homer. <laughs> Which leads me to this, my first rant of the day, Steve, about the game. Yeah. You know, rightfully so. I get it. There's a lot of criticism with Mike Gersich. I don't think he had a good game. You know, James Franklin, I get it. But also, too, I'm not seeing a lot about this. I've seen it maybe a handful of places, but not really as much as 
uh, as you've seen on James Franklin. I get because obviously Penn State lost the game, but I still think it's worth knowing is I don't think Brian Day had a very good game either on Saturday. Well, you know what I think Brian Day did? When Curtis Jacobs made the play, and, okay, you want to talk about, you know, I always talk about, you know, Officials make a mistake, players make mistakes, coaches make mistakes, announcers make mistakes. You heard me talk about that with officials, right? All right. On the play, you know how Curtis has his jersey rolled up in the back, right? I apologize, everybody. I thought when it was running down the sideline, I thought it was a five. I thought it was Hardy. Uh, and, you know, that was on me. I mean, And, again, we didn't have the Fox replay where I could glance over and take a look just to make sure I couldn't. Um uh, because that's not what we had. Uh, but uh, when Jacobs made that play, you know, do you notice what Ryan Day did? He shut it down on the adventurous side. That's what I, Jack and I noticed that right away. Like, uh, okay, he's running the ball. Everything is quick game underneath. Everything's like, you know, so no shots. No, you know, everything was. Almost everything he ran was quick game. And I think, actually, Ryan Day, because his defense was playing well, his special teams were good enough. I know Fielding missed a field goal. I, he almost missed a second one, too. The other one was like, <laughs> like he barely got it in. But he kind of looked over at his quarterback and said, look, <laughs> let's not get too crazy here. So everything was underneath he knew where Marvin Harrison was. And so in some ways, I felt like he backed off on how adventurous he wanted to be because he would ride his defense for as long as he could. So so I'll take a little different viewpoint of that because Jack and I noticed that we thought he going to said, okay, we're going to run the football, everything underneath, right? And that's how we view it. I don't, it's, it, I don't know. That, that probably does match up in some ways with what you're thinking, right? Well, my biggest gripe with him is what he did at the end of the half. You got 46 seconds. You got all three timeouts. It's only 10 to 6, and you take a knee? I mean, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, he got booed for that. I, um, I would have done the same thing. I mean, you got you to keep your foot on the gas. It's a close game. But the problem, here's the problem. The Penn State defense was playing so well, I don't think he thought he could put his foot on the gas, and I don't think he had enough confidence in his quarterback to put the foot on the gas. See, that, see that's my point. My point that's is, a major I, problem. I don't think that he, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to read his mind here, but the only way I'm reading his mind is through his play calling. I think because Penn State was playing so well defensively, and he'd already fumbled the ball once, right? With pressure, I think he thought, especially the fact that they also got the ball to start the second half, I think he wanted to shut it down there and not make a mistake at the end of the half because they knew they were getting the ball to start the second half. That would be my guess. I would pr- I'd probably agree with that, but I, I still don't think that is the the way to go. I mean, especially when you have the ball start the second half. That's the whole point of, I, I believe, did they defer? They deferred. Okay, there you go. That's the whole point of deferring. So you're trying to get the two-for-one. There's your golden opportunity right there to get the two-for-one in a four-point game, and he didn't take advantage of it. Now, again, I, I get your point there. As Penn State's defense was brilliant, I thought, minus and, for a handful of plays. but And, and again, it also what he thought of what his quarterback could and couldn't do. Yeah, like I said, I think that's a major problem. 
And you know, I was talking being the number three team in the country. Well, again, I, I walked into the game thinking that Kyle McCord was good. Okay, I didn't, you know, and you know how I talk about Corb: poor, mediocre, good, very good, great. Right? I walked in thinking, yeah, he's good. I walked out of there thinking he's good. I didn't walk out of there thinking he's very good. I certainly didn't walk out of there thinking he was great. Um, because that's who he is, and I think as his head coach, he knows who he is. And I think that played a role in his thought. I think there's several, there are two elements that play, I'm sorry, three elements that played a role in his thought process at the end of the half. One, Penn State's defense is playing great, just like his defense is. Number two, my quarterback's already made a major mistake that we got away with. I don't want to risk it again. And number three, we get the ball to start of the second half. I think that's what played a role in it, and you know that matter, you know, and and uh, and I'm not here defending him. It's a, I mean, what do I care about defending Ryan Day? <laughs> you know, it's like I could care less. Uh, you know, uh, but if you're asking me what I thought, in my best guess as to what he was thinking, that would be it. You know, good, bad, or indifferent. So, you know, I know people have questions, and I, you know, and I don't. People may have wondered, okay, why didn't maybe they think about changing quarterbacks? That's always one, you know. There's certain points where you do have to look at, at your guy and say, hey, look, this is our guy. He gives us the best chance to win. And I think they felt that way and continue to feel that way with Drew. So, um, you know, it's a, it's it's look, it's a hard game all the way around. It's just a tough game, and the, you know the fans are mad. I mean, did I, on Friday night, am I sitting there running through in my mindset, like, you know, what might happen if Penn State doesn't win the game? To be honest with you, no. Didn't really contemplate that. I felt they were ready to go. I thought they had a good plan. Um, You know, it's not like, like, for example, I think, what was it, the Illinois week? I didn't. I didn't sit there at Illinois on Friday night and think, "Oh, yeah." Hey, you know. But then I think Drew was sharp the week going into Illinois. No, I didn't. And I said that on the show Monday, if you recall, right, Matt? Yes, sir. Um, and then you know, I thought you know he was sharp the week going into Northwestern. He was sharp the week going into into uh, UMass. And I thought for the most part he was last week, but not completely. For the most part. And yet, here's a game that is a 13-6 game with eight minutes to go. 
You're down one possession in the game. Your defense is playing lights out. Your special teams are playing great. And you have a kickoff return by Nicholas Singleton, terrific. Kickoff return by Trey Potts, terrific. Uh, One good punt return from Hardy, the one that hit the ground. Again, wind, that's that's hard for me to judge. That would be more you'd have to ask Brian about that because the one thing at Ohio State, we're so high up at Ohio State, you don't really, like at Beaver Stadium, we're a lot lower. Uh, Ohio State were way up there. We're at the, you know, at the very top. And you don't really get a gauge on that. You have to look at the streamers to get a gauge on like how much wind there is uh, down there. So that part I couldn't gauge. But you know, Penn State special teams played really well. So you got defense and special teams playing well for you. But you can't go one for 16 on third down. You just can't. And so let's uh, – so you're getting to a game. Penn State – let me give you the season stats because I keep these individually. This is not something that's on a game notes thing or anything like that. I go through every week on stat broadcast on a Sunday where they are statistically in several categories. One is first down and one is third down offensively and defensively. Okay. So what I'll do is we'll take a break because I know we have to. And I'll come back and I'll give you what the numbers were going into the game and then tell you what the numbers were in the game and what a difference it made. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance. Hi, this is Season. For over 100 years, the Purdy Insurance Agency has been protecting families and businesses of the greater Susquehanna Valley and beyond. With the experience of our trained and knowledgeable staff, you can rest assured that your needs will be evaluated and met by some of the industry's best representatives. No matter what your insurance needs are, call Purdy Insurance today at 570-286-5855. Visit our website at purdyinsurance.com or check us out on Facebook to see what we can do for you. Okay, so here are the numbers going into the game. And I'll give it, you know, which makes it, at least gives you an idea of what they've done and what they did Saturday. So let's talk about um, third down first. We know third down was the problematic down. It was They were 1 of 16. Ohio State was 6 of 16. That's palatable. That's good enough. 37.5%. That's good enough. Because that keeps drives going. Because somebody was asking me today about... You know, they didn't give the ball enough to Allen. They didn't get enough to Singleton. They only combined for what they combined for in the game. 18 carries? Does that sound right? Something like that. They combined for 18 carries in the game. And I said, yes. And the key is if you convert, let's just say Penn State converts 5 out of 16 on third down, 31.5%. That's 12 more plays you're going to be able to run at minimum, right? At minimum, you're going to run at least 12 more plays if you get four more first downs on third down. Which then, if you divide it by two, that's six more carries and six more passes, just if you want to play the 50-50 game. See, that's why the number of carries are cut down in a game like that. Penn State had gone into the game 66% on third down in less than four. That number is outstanding. If you're between 55 and 60%, that's really good. If you're 66%, two out of every three, you're doing great on third down and less than four. Well, they were always six on that on Saturday. 
They're 37% on third and five or better. If you're over 30%, that's really good. 37% is terrific. And they were one of 10. Now, defensively, they did fine. I mean, defensively, Ohio State did do a good job on their shorts. They were four of seven on third and less than four. Um, and then two of ten on third and five or better. And that matches up. Penn State has been 20% defensively on third and five or better. You need to set up your third downs on first and second down. Okay? Penn State came into the game averaging 6.3 yards per first down. 6.3 yards per first down on the season. In this game, they averaged 6.1. So the problematic downs were second and especially third because they didn't put themselves in a position to then convert on third or fourth down. Okay, and that's you know, and that's where and that you credit Ohio State's defense, but again, Penn State needs to convert that because when you're one of sixteen, you can't sustain any drive. And they were one of three on fourth down, and it's just it's like that's right there in a nutshell the inability to keep going. You know, and what the factors are in that one, I don't, you know, I, people can make guesses and so forth, or or can make their own analysis. I'm just saying, I'm just giving you what the numbers say, and that that, I mean, that one of 16 is a crusher. I mean, if you go five of 16, you go five of 16, which is 31 and a half percent, which is okay, right? That's okay. Not great. It's not good. I mean. It's okay, but it's not good. 6 of 16 is good, not great. 5 of 16 is okay. Well, they didn't get to okay, and okay may have been good enough. So. Defense played great. Special teams played really well. 